0: This is HPR episode 1757 entitled Useful Bash Functions and is part of the series Bash Scripting. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 28 minutes long. The summary is some bash functions that may be of use in your scripts.
1: This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15.
0: everyone this is Dave Morris. I want to tell you today about some more bash things. I quite enjoy writing bash scripts. I think bash is quite a good scripting language considering it's a it's a shell script um the reason I like it is because uh, compared to some of the 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 scripting languages I've used in the past of the, of a similar type it's pretty sophisticated um, I used to use the Csh shell at one time, and it—I don't reckon it's anywhere near as sophisticated as Bash. Uh, but anyway, um, I've got a f- I write quite a lot of scripts, and the moment my little side project is to write myself something where I can manage my the whole process of preparing um, a show for HPR, and uh, this suite of. Bash scripts are getting quite complicated and along the way I'm writing quite a lot of functions to do various tasks between the the scripts and things so I thought it might be useful if I just set off on a journey of uh, describing some of these functions for the benefits of uh, anybody who's interested Uh, maybe set up a, 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 a scheme whereby people write Write stuff or share stuff that they've written in, under the heading of uh, Bash and uh, on HPR. Anyway, there's a series for, on Bash on HPR. So I've got a couple of functions I'm going to talk about today. They're designed to be used in shell script. There are a few others that I uh, have which I use on the command line because you can effectively build yourself a command by setting up a function in Bash. I'll leave them for for another time. What I tend to do now is to store the various functions that I need for a particular project in a file, and then I source them in my source the file in my script. And uh, in the the notes in the, the longer show notes that I've provided, uh, I tell you how um, I usually put them in something called function underscore lib dot sh, and then uh, in the in the main script I look for this file, check that it's there, and if it is, then I source it using the source command in bash. So that just loads all these functions. That means you can share them around like a library. So the first one of the two I'm going to talk about today is, they're both fairly simple, but uh, quite I, I like i like using them anyway. I spend a little bit of time fiddling around with them to try to get them the way I want them. first one's called pad. And its function is to just simply write bits of text to the screen in a formatted way. What I wanted to do was to put out a message with a line either to the left or to the right or or um, or, or around the 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 message, so that it, w- it was highlighted on the screen. As you you've probably gathered, I'm a keen CLI user, so I tend to write Bash scripts that that do this sort of stuff. Uh, talk to them through the CLI. So the arguments that this s- script requires are th- there are four of them. Uh, the first one is the text that it's to be that, that it's to to display. Then the next one is the length, the length that it's to to put this out in. And then the character. The next the third one is the character is going to pad it out with. And uh, the last one is. L, R, or C the letters L, R, or C where the default is R, which means pad to the left, to the right, or or centre the text. There's some examples in the show notes that that show how, for example, you could um, use it to output a title centred in a line of 40 characters. So I, I won't I won't uh, tell you. There's no point in me reading these when they're in the in the notes. Hopefully you can refer to them by default if you just put in pad space and then in single quotes a hyphen then it will output 80, 80 hyphens so it's just a useful way of drawing lines across reports and and things so I've included the code it's only 33 lines including comments and um, I'll just walk you through an explanation of, of what it does now uh, i think i've probably said in other other talks about scripting that i use uh, vim as you i'm sure you know and i use a plugin f- for bash which is called bash support and uh, it will generate boilerplate for you so you can you can get it to to plant the template for a function in the thing that you're developing and as part of that it generates a, a comment header to the um, to the top of it, and the example I've got here shows it shows what what it produces. Just a template to be filled in. So the function is pad. Line ten, you see it being declared. Then lines um, eleven to fourteen are declarations of a bunch of local variables. I like to do this as a way of passing arguments into a function. So I like to name all my arguments with local names. I use the local uh, specification to make sure that these things are um local to the function don't leak into the uh, calling script. So I put argument 1 into into a variable called text. What I do is I use the bash parameter manipulation feature called display error if no or unset. These have got really catchy names. Yeah. Which simply checks to see that there is a value when it's doing the uh, the setting of the thing. And if there isn't, it will abort the script with a message. So I'm using this to do a sort of usage message. So if, if I happen to call this pad function wrongly, it will generate an error message with a the way that scripts often do to say, no, this is how you use it length. Char and side are the variables that hold the next three arguments, and they all default. So um, length defaults to a length of 80. Char, which is the padding character, defaults to a hyphen. Side, which says which side the padding is to go, defaults to R, which means pad it on the right. There's some other local declarations there on line 15 as well one of the things that this script this function needs to cater for i mean it's not it's not it doesn't cater for every possible problem but it's relatively easy to use it in a way where you might cause it to to break if you try and give it um, text which is longer than the as long as or longer than the length that you specify so if you give it a, a piece of text 40 characters long and you ask it to pad that to 40 characters, that's just silly so there's a test on line 17 that says if the length of the, the text variable is greater than or equal to the length the padding length that you've asked for then just simply print the text and, and exit the uh, the function exit tidally so it, it'll just print, uh, print it and it'll not even bother to, to pad it because it makes no sense to do so then, on lines nineteen and twenty the the other mm. the other two um uh, arguments are processed so the the char um, padding character argument we only want to cater for one character there, so if for some reason or other, more than one's been provided. Just chop the first one off and use that. These are all using bash parameter manipulation features, which I did a talk about. Which is referenced in the uh, in the notes, and also the the side the R L R C thing. You might provide that as a lowercase character, and so line 20 forces it to uppercase just to make it easier to test. The main aspect of this, the the meat of this function, is line 22, lines 22 and 23 really. <coughs> 22, it uses the printf feature to generate the padding characters. And the way it does that, it it uses the minus v option which puts the result of the printf into a variable. So the variable is called line. The format spec is percent asterisk s. What that means is Put out a string of some length, where the length is provided by one of the arguments of the, uh, uh, the to follow. So the argument that's provided is s- a simple calculation, which is the the length specification, defaulting to 80. If you remember, minus the length of the, the text. So really, the the padding length is to be the, the amount of pad, the number of padding characters is to be the the remainder after you subtract the length of the text. And then the second argument to printf is, is a space enclosed in single quotes. So what that will do, it will put out an arbitrary number of spaces into the variable line. Why spaces? Well, printf is only about outputting strings and numbers and things, and the only thing you can put out repetitively is a, is a space so line 23 then takes all those spaces and converts them to the character that you've asked for to to be used for padding it does that on the one line so then all that's needed is for the function to decide how it's to, to to produce the final final padded output if the specification of side was r then it's to put it on the right if it's L, they're on the left, and if it's C, it's put it in the center. So R and L are fairly simple. They're dealt with in a, in a, a compound if statement, which um, says if it's R, then put out the text, then put the, the, the padding characters on the, on the right. If it's an L, put them on the left. And um, if it's C, then take the padding characters, split them in two, and put them either side of the, of the text. If you look at, at lines thirty and thirty one you can see thirty computes what half of the, the line is and thirty one chops off the first half, outputs the text, then chops off the second half. I do it that way but just in case that it's a it's an odd number so that um you get the you're gonna get slightly imbalanced pieces either side. So it's fairly simple. I mean, it it it, it does what I need. It uh, it might be a little bit too simplistic. Uh, you might not like it very much. Um, certainly, if you wanted to pad something with spaces, it won't do it because it's using spaces internally to generate the string, and then it uh, it converts them to to characters. And uh, the way I've designed it doesn't really cater for that. I suppose I could change it to to make it deal with that. I hadn't really thought much about it until I was writing these notes, and I haven't done anything further with it. It might be too simple for your taste, but it, it does does what I need, and it's a, hopefully something of interest that you might want to develop. If you do, then come back and, uh, and tell us what you did. That would be interesting. These are, as I say, basic functions as part of my toolkit that I'm using for script development. And the next one I have called yes underscore no, and it's, sim- it's a simple thing you use to ask a question and wait for a reply which is something my scripts are doing fairly often and the way I've constructed it is so that you can use it as if it's a sort of boolean function uh, that you'd use in a high-level language and you'll see that there's an example of an if statement so it's if exclamation point yes no so if not yes no and then yes no is followed by a prompt string which is the thing you're going to ask the, the user in this case it says do you want to continue and um then there's an optional default value that follows that which in this example is no so it will actually prompt you with do you want to continue question mark space and then it will it will offer you the the no as an option so if you just hit return it would it would not continue you can see that uh, it would return true or false and then it's being negated so if it returns a false then that will be turned into true and it will exit whatever bit of code it is that you're running this in so it just returns a, a numerical answer true which is 0 in bash and 1 which is false anything non-zero is false I think in in uh, the bash environment. So let's have a look at the code of this one. This is another quite short function. It's only 35 long, 35 lines long including the, the comment. And it does a similar sort of thing. Lines 10 and 11 are sorting out the arguments. puts the first argument in a variable called prompt and if there isn't there isn't a, an argument then it will abort things with a message the second argument is is a default and that in the in in the the definition of default it's actually stripping out spaces so the thing where it says dollar open curly brace two slash slash space slash close curly brace that Means strip out all spaces, remove, replace all spaces by nothing, it's because we don't want to cater for responses containing spaces. We are only prepared to deal with Y for Y or Yes, actually Y or Y E or Y E S as the as the uh, Yes returns and anything else as the null return. So it does that there just to simplify matters. Lines 14 and 15, the 14 to 16 I should say, are um, dealing with the, the default instance. So if there is a default value provided, then the default variable is replaced with itself preceded by a minus i in a space. I say in the notes that strictly, because this, this is, I'm actually making an option to for a command a bit further down. Strictly the, after the miner's I, there should be a quoted string but since I've made sure that the value of default is never going to contain spaces and you'd want to quote it if it did contain spaces then I've short circuited things a bit there, made it a bit simpler. So line 21 is the main read which gets the uh, puts out the prompt and gets the answer and it uses a minus e option, which invokes readline, readline read library, which is what you will get uh, on the command line. It's the thing that lets you do editing, uh, knows all the various control keys and stuff that let you um, do line editing and so forth. So it'll use that in the read. It doesn't by default, so you can't do things like backspace and and uh, delete things and add stuff to a to a line. So I always do this it's then followed by the the value of default default variable now if there was no default then it will be null so nothing will be, be substituted there at the time the read is called but if it if there is a, a default value it will there will be placed there a minus i and a string then minus p followed by the prompt which is enclosed in double quotes as you see because it will pretty much certainly contain spaces that's the prompt that you're going to get when the when the read is invoked and the result of whatever's typed in will, will be returned in the variable ans ans now line 22 is capturing the result of the read the read will either return a a true value if it worked if it did did its thing correctly or it will if it was aborted for whatever reason it will return a non-zero now one of the things you might do is c- press control d control d is end of file and if you ever do that to a read it it uh, causes the read to abort because it's it's not it's 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 uh, got an end of file indication and I'm catching catching that eventuality in the script, so lines 23 to 26 are looking for a non-zero return from the the read, and if that happens, then the message read aborted is uh, put, and the script uh, the function I should say returns with a false value. I always find it slightly confusing. that False is one, but um, you know that's, that's just the way. You have to live with it. So. That's really just catering for what happens if you do Control D. Otherwise, we pass on to line twenty-eight, where the the res- result that came back is forced to uppercase. That just as before makes it easier to check the results. Um, then the line twenty-nine, I apply a, a filter to the to this returned result where anything that is not the characters in yes and the words yes and no is removed. might be slightly controversial. I'll mention a bit more about this later. We, at that point, will have the answer in the the form which is the easiest to check. If statement that begins at line 30 and ends at line 34 is then checking to see if the answer that was given matches with the word yes. And it does this using the bash regular expression syntax. You see the equal followed by a tilde, that means the, the thing on the right is a regular expression. The regular expression is an up arrow, which means anchor this to the start of the line. We don't expect there to be anything at the beginning of the line other than the answer and uh, it's got a dollar at the end, which means we don't expect anything else after it before you reach the end of the line. And then we look for a Y, optionally followed by an E, or an E and an S. So we're catching for a, a Y as a response, a Y-E as a response, or a Y-E-S as a response. And only that. If we find any of those conditions any of those um, uh, items then those characters i should say then we have a positive result oh the question mark in the regular expression in case you i didn't mention that the fact the regular expression the e and the es are in in a brac in brackets that means um, that just encloses them as as alternatives and the pipe symbol between the the two alternatives is an or the question mark means the E and the E uh, and the ES options can be omitted totally, so you can just have a Y. That'll that'll be what returns you a positive result, and anything else, anything that doesn't match it at all, will return a one, which is false. So that's it. It might be a little bit controversial doing it this way. I came up with this idea, thinking, oh, that's quite cool. But having thought more about it, uh, I'm not sure I'm right. If you typed an example, I put in the notes something silly like "yup, great as your response that will be stripped right down all the all the, the characters other than yes no will be stripped out of that and it will resolve down to ye so it will be the y from yup and the e from great so that's a match you might also if you type yeast why the hell you do that i don't know but there you go that also matches because it's got a y and an e and the rest will be stripped away depends if if you think that that is deeply stupid that you your yes no thing can take stupid answers and make decisions on the basis of there being something that looks a bit like yes in there then you might want to skip that bit that strips out the yes no stuff on line 29 i i might do that later actually i'm not sure the other thing you might not like in this design is the default the default the way this will work is that uh, in that that example earlier on in the notes uh, do you want to continue where the default is no then the answer will already be provided but if you wanted to say yes you can't just press return obviously because that, that will return no you'd have to delete the no, the default value and you you know there's 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 some potential annoyance there. I just hit Control W, which is the universal delete back to the start of the line, and then press Y, and that would that would do it. Y in return of course. So it suits me sometimes, though I do find it irritating slightly. But uh, you know, depends on your your particular tastes. I hope you found that useful. That's the end of uh, me talking about these things for today. Um, I've given you some links to stuff about writing functions. And there's a lot to learn. I find the Linux documentation project stuff quite helpful. It needs some careful study, but it's, it's pretty good. And the sources of these two uh, functions are available in one file that you can download, which are also linked.